Thank you for joining us for this segment of Witham Sounding Board, practical audio-based information for today's on-the-go professional, a production of Witham Smith & Brown PC. Hi, I'm Jim Burke, practice leader of the technology niche here at Witham Smith & Brown, and I'm here with Chris DeMeo, team leader of the startup and emerging growth technology group within the technology niche here at Witham. Third part of our series today, we're dealing with getting ready for that exit plan. The things that you need to do to prepare your technology company for realizing that event. And that event could mean so many different things. It usually means exit of the existing CEO, the existing entrepreneur, to either a merger up, going public. Chris, you and I are asked very often to help our clients through that process, help get them ready. So let's think about that. Let's talk about it from an accounting perspective. Some of our small tech companies, all we're doing, we're doing tax returns. We're doing the bare bones, minimum compliance stuff that they need to survive. Then they get, they may get the friends and family round in. They may get that, let's say, the angel round in, and maybe the angel asks for compiled financial statements, maybe reviewed financial statements. But, you know, getting ready for that big exit, we are usually asked to go in and prepare audited financial statements. So tell me about the importance of the audited financial statements on getting a company ready for that event, for that exit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, it's a similar time frame to that CFO where you've raised a really a meaningful A round or a meaningful B round, and, and you now have the capital to really push into a different place in your life cycle of being a little bit more institutionalized and ready. Whenever you have an exit, you know, there's two very fundamentally basic exits. It is either a private exit where somebody comes in and acquires your company, or it's an IPO. And in either case, you have to be prepared for that transaction, and it's a very intense process. And what happens is an outside company, an outside acquirer, is going to hire professionals to do due diligence on your company. So they're going to hire an accounting firm to come in, and most simple way I like to put it is they're going to poke you. They're going to continue to poke the company, mm -hmm. and they're going to see how the company exists, how prepared the company is, if it has any potential risks in acquisition. And some of those risks are strategic, and some of them are just mechanical, which is, you know, have you been filing sales tax returns? Have you been filing corporate tax returns? Are Client the, stuff. Are the financials that you have presented to us accurate? Yeah. And that one key area is where the audited financial statement comes in. As your service provider, so for example, hypothetically, Witham, Smith & Brown, on an annual basis, we could audit your financials. And what that basically means is we go through the financials ourselves and we test them and we determine whether or not they're accurate. Are you recognizing revenue accurately? Are you recognizing your equity transactions accurately? Are the things that you say in your financials true? And that is preparation of an audited financial. And generally, from an accounting standpoint, an audited financial statement is the starting point of where diligence happens. That is the outside company that's acquiring you or the IPO. That's the starting point of where they're going to look at your financials to determine the viability of the company. So think about that. Yeah, I agree with you. So that's the starting point where diligence happens because generally your financial statements are the starting point in determining the purchase price of a company. You know, as a rule of thumb, many companies are going either for a multiple of revenue, a multiple of bottom line. There's some metric that is financially driven that is driving purchase price. The reason why we suggest that if you're contemplating an event, an exit plan, a merger, something like that, that you look for audited financial statements is because when you go through that negotiation process, in your mind, say you're selling your company for $20 million, $30 million, $40 million, $50 million. Well, that's in your mind. It was based upon some metrics driven from your financials. 
I will tell you, the last thing that you want to happen is 30, 60, 90 days after a sale, you go back and let's say a company hires a firm like us, we go in, it's going to be our job to poke holes in the financial statements. I'm going to try, if I'm representing a buyer, I'm going to try to poke holes in the seller's financial statements to try to say, you know what, maybe revenue recognition issues exist. Maybe revenues were overstated. If revenues were overstated in the financial statements, that gives us a basis for lowering that purchase price. Okay, 99% of the time there are holdbacks in sales of technology companies. I always tell my tech clients, if you're going to sell your company, button your financial statements up, be happy with what you're walking away with on the day of sale because all the rest is gravy on it. Because again, they're going to hire firms like us to come in and try to poke holes in those financials. So again, to audited financial statements, they're the highest level financial statements that a CPA firm can provide, right? The lowest level compilation, middle is review, highest is audit. So again, can't emphasize more the importance of audited financial statements in preparing for that exit plan. Yeah, and I think when you broaden it out, our niche within our firm, we talk a lot about the concept of transaction readiness. And it even goes beyond audits, which is, are you ready to sell your company? And part of it is, our audited financial statements are in place and our numbers are good. The other part of it is, Hey, from a tax perspective, have we been doing the things that we're supposed to do? So where I see a lot of deals fall apart or I see a lot of tension in deals and changes in purchase price and increases in, in holdbacks are things like sales tax. And, you know, companies grow really quickly. And, and you know, I've seen companies go from pre-revenue to $10 million in revenue in 12 months. I mean, I've seen that happen. And if throughout that process you're going a thousand miles an hour and not thinking about the fundamentals and the things that you need to be concerned about, the risks that are out there, like sales tax. When you go to exit this company, that diligence team that comes in, and they're poking at you, right? They're going to find that low-hanging fruit. And all of a sudden, you have a big issue. Hey, we haven't been collecting sales tax. We owe a million dollars to the state. You're talking about a massive purchase price adjustment that may make the economics of your deal no longer viable. Yeah, absolutely. So lining yourself with the right professionals to give you the best advice, the right advice, those individuals that know the marketplace, real critical. You heard throughout the entire life cycle of a technology company, from birth and entity selection all the way through realizing the event. Let's talk a little bit about, as we sort of get towards the end of a life cycle, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a CEO. I started this tech company. I worked with my professional, I realized my exit, I am so freaking happy, I made a ton of money, I got a lot of money parked in the bank. So Chris, I don't need a professional anymore, right? I don't need to align myself with, uh, let's say a professional Winston Brown that knows the tech space, right? Uh, I, I couldn't disagree anymore. It's funny, when you exit, it's not the end, it's, it's simply a new beginning. And when I think about our entrepreneurs, none of them let the grass grow under their feet very long and you know they exit and None of them seem to be saying, hey, I'm 30 years old and I'm just going to go fishing for the next you know, 40 years of my life. They want to start something new. They want to be creative. They're inventors. So I think what's really important is spending some time with your professionals and thinking about what your future is, what you want to do, and then how to deploy maybe some of the proceeds that you got from that exit in a logical way, in, in a smart way, to be able to fund the next I tell you, some of the most satisfying meetings that I have professionally are when I sit down totally relaxed with some of our entrepreneurs that have realized their exit plans. We talk about what's going on in the marketplace. We talk about what's hot. We talk about those verticals that we see 
whether it's ad tech, health tech, fintech, any of those hot verticals that we see out there in the marketplace today, they're looking to invest. They want nothing more than to do it all over again. It's like this addiction they have. So many of our entrepreneurs are addicted. They're addicted to that exit plan. They're addicted to that growth. They're addicted to building something that they can take to the next level and sell for something. It's huge. So, I mean, some of the best meetings we have, some of the best relationships that we have today are entrepreneurs that we introduced into newly formed technology companies. Yeah, I think what's really fun about those types of entrepreneurs is they start so many of their sentences with, what if you could, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. that's the way that they view the world. The world is a place where you can invent and change and make things better. And what I think is kind of fun about that chapter of an entrepreneur's life is many times they change their place in that life cycle. So the first time through, they were the founder. They were bootstrapping, and they were the one building. And now the second time through, they want to be the investor. They want to find that next founder, and they want to find that next idea, and they want to fuel it, and they so, want to advise it. Yeah, so, so think about that. That is so valuable. So let's think about this. If you're listening to this, you're an entrepreneur, you've got a startup company, and you're looking, who is that ideal investor? There's no, in my opinion, there is no better investor than an entrepreneur that has previously realized his exit plan. They've realized their exit plan. They've been down the road before you. They hit all the issues with the sources of capital, friends and family, being bootstrapped, the angel guys, the, the A rounds, the B rounds, dealing with all the complexity that comes about uh, when you're, you're preparing for an exit plan. Having someone like that by your side as an investor, to me, that's priceless. That sometimes that value they bring to the table is more valuable than the capital that they bring to the table. Absolutely. You know, we have a lot of discussions with our clients when they're raising money about, hey, do you just want money or do you want strategic money? There's a real difference. When you're going out and thinking about who you want to take money from, go find the guys who have been through it. Go find the people that have, that have exited, that have gone through all the pieces of the puzzle that you've gone through. Because that money, to me, is substantially more valuable than somebody who's just willing to write a big check. Absolutely. So you heard us go through the entire life cycle of a technology company from startup to exit, dealing with the entrepreneur, and really the recurring theme is surrounding yourselves with the right professionals, whether they're accountants, whether it's attorneys, and also keeping those same relationships all along. Chris, so here at Witham, we try to provide a lot of free content to our technology companies, a lot of the startups, a lot of those that may not have the resource internally. We have a whole white paper concept that you were instrumental in starting. We're putting a lot of those white papers out there on our website. So if you haven't visited our website at withem.com and hit up our technology or startup sections on that website, come back to the website again. Tremendous amount of content. Chris, you want to just share some of those white papers that are good subject matters for uh, a lot of our tech clients? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we like to think of ourselves as fully ingrained in the technology community. And I think when you are ingrained in the community like that, one thing you have to recognize is that it's a giving and a sharing community, right? So we don't we don't want to hold back information. We want to help people, regardless of whether or not they're our clients. If we have stuff that we can send out to you that might help you, that might give you some direction, we'd love to share it. And in our site, we cover the gamut of topics, and whether it's you know on an accounting issue, how to account for an issue, a beneficial conversion feature, a warrant, revenue recognition, changes in the industry. You know, we have different white papers that are out there. We have questions all the time on, hey, do I capitalize software, do I not? We send out really good plain English explanations of the things you need to consider. And then on the tax side, 
hey, should I make an 83B election? How does an incentive stock option work, whether it's for the guy who's getting it or the employer that's giving it? All of those day-to-day -day questions, I call them the constantly recurring, non-recurring issues. We like to send content out there to share to the group, to share to the industry, so you can get some plain English answers. And then hopefully, you either understand the answer or you might ask us more questions and we're always happy to follow up and answer those. Yeah, so that's great content. And if you want to stay abreast of the issues, we come across issues all the time. And what one of the things that we do, we try to blast those important issues out to our clients. So if you've not subscribed to our tech group newsletter, I encourage you to do so. You can hit up on our website and request a subscription to that newsletter. Or if you have any questions regarding the whole tech sector, you want to talk to Chris or I, you can reach me. I'm Jim Burke at jburke, J-B-O-U-R-K-E at witham.com. And you can reach Chris at C-D-E-M-A-Y-O at witham.com. Thank you for your time. You've been listening to Witham Sounding Board, practical audio-based information for today's on-the-go professional. How can Witham help put you in a position of strength? Contact us with your feedback or suggestions for future podcast topics. Visit www.witham.com for additional information. Send an email to info at witham.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Witham CPA. Thank you for listening.